0: Thank you for listening to this free audiobook created by Project Gutenberg and Microsoft AI. To learn more about the project or give feedback on the quality of a recording, please visit aka.ms audiobook. Christmas Carols and Midsummer Songs By Various Christmas Carols Wake from your sleep, sweet Christians, now and listen A little song We have, so sweet it like a star doth glisten And dance along. Now wake and hark. All brightly it is glowing. With your flames merry. And o'er it many a holly sprig is growing. And scarlet berry. A bough of evergreen. With wax lights gleaming. It bravely graces. And o'er its lines the star that's eastward beaming. Leaves golden traces. Also, our little song. It sweetly praiseth. Like birds in flocks. When morning from her bed of roses riseth, her golden locks. But this it is that makes most sweet our story. When all is said, it holds a little child with rays of glory around his head. M, E, W, Christmas carols and midsummer songs. O UT of the northland bleak and bare. O, O wind with a royal roar. Fly, fly, through the broad arched sky. FLUTTER THE SNOW, AND RATTLE AND CRY, AT EVERY SILENT DOOR, LOUD, LOUD, till THE CHILDREN HEAR, AND MEET THE DAY WITH A RINGING CHEER, HAIL TO THE CHRISTMAS TIDE, EIN TO THE SILENT WAITING EAST, I, T' HERE COMETH A SHINING LIGHT, FAR, FAR, THROUGH A DULL GRAY BAR, CLOSING OVER A DYING STAR, THAT WATCHED AWAY THE NIGHT, RISE, RISE, SHINE AND GLOW, over a wide white world of snow, sun of the Christmas tide, out of the four great gates of day, a tremulous music swells. Here, here, now sweet and clear, over and under and far and near, a thousand happy bells, joy, joy, and jubilee, goodwill to men from sea to sea, this merry Christmas tide, lo, in the homes of every land. The children reign today, they alone, with our hearts their throne, and never a scepter but their own, small hands to rule and sway. Peace, peace, the Christ child's love, flies over the world, a white, white dove. This Happy Christmas Tide, The Silent Children, by Elizabeth Stuart Phelps. Teehee Light Was Low in the Schoolroom. T. The Day Before Christmas Day had ended it was darkening in the garden where the silent children play throughout that house of pity the soundless lessons said the noiseless sport suspended the voiceless tasks all read the little deaf mute children as still as still could be gathered about the master sensitive swift to see with their fine attentive fingers and their wonderful watchful eyes What dumb joy he would bring them. For the Christmas Eve's surprise. The lights blazed out in the schoolroom. The playground went dark as death. The master moved in a halo. The children held their breath. I show you now a wonder. The Audi phone. He said. He spoke in their silent language. Like the language of the dead. And answering spake the children. As the dead might answer too. But what for us, O master? This may be good for you. But how is our Christmas coming? Out of a wise machine. For not like other children's. Have our happy hours been. And not like other children's. Can they now or ever be? But the master smiled through the halo. Just trust the mystery. Then to the waiting marvel. The listening children lent. Like listeners, the shadows. Across the schoolroom bent. O my children, for a little. As those who suffer must. Great tis to bear denial. But grand it is to trust. While science from her silence. Of twice three thousand years. Gave her late salutation. To sealed human ears. Quick signaled then the master. Sweet sang the hidden choir. Their voices, wild and piercing. Broke like a long desire. That to content has strengthened, glad the clear strains outrang. Nearer to thee, O oh, nearer, the pitying singers sang. Happy that Christmas evening, wise was the Master's choice, who gave the deaf mute children the blessed human voice. Wise was that other Master, tender his purpose dim, who gave his son on Christmas to draw us nearer him, nearer to thee, O oh, nearer. Nearer, my God, to thee, Awestruck, the silent children, Hear the great harmony, We are all but silent children, Denied and deaf and dumb, Before his unknown science, Lord, if thou wilt, we come, A day in winter, By Mrs. L. C. Witten, T. rough the crimson fires of morning, T. streaming upward in the east, Leaps the sun with sudden dawning, Like a captive king released. And December skies reflected. In the azure hue below. Seem like summer recollected. In the dreaming of the snow dot. It is winter, little children, let the summer. Singing, go! There are crisp winds gaily blowing. From the north and from the west. Both the river strongly flowing. Lies the river's frozen breast. O'er its shining silence crashing. Skim the skaters to and fro, and the noonday splendors flashing in the rainbow colors show. Dot, it is winter, little children, let the summer singing go! When the gorgeous day is dying, there is swept a cloud of rose o'er the hilltops softly lying in the flush of sweet repose. And the nests, all white with snowing, in the twilight breezes blow, and the untired moon is showing. Her bare heart to the snow dot. It is winter, little children, let the summer. Singing, go! Twelve o'clock, and all's well. A Christmas rhyme of might have been. By M. S. C. P. I know of an owl. I. A storybook owl. And he dwells in a cloudland tree. So way high up you never see. A glimpse of the great white fowl. And this ancient fowl. This storybook owl. Sometimes to himself he speaks Once in a thousand years or so In a voice that crackles and creaks And never is heard by the children below To wit, to who, I sleep by day Of course I do It's the sensible way For when little children lie fast asleep And darkness enshrouds the world so deep And weary eyes close to gaze only in dreams This storybook bird with the big round eyes, whom nothing escapes, so knowing and wise, watches and peers with never a wink, into crannies and nooks where one might think, no danger would come, so peaceful it seems, and prying about, this storybook bird, in the snowy thick, of a Christmas eve, if you will believe, just in the nick, found the strangest thing that ever you heard, Santa Claus asleep, all down in a heap. On the floor of his sleigh. Ready packed for the way. And think of the stockings swaying. At Laveno the night. With the silent firelight. All over them fitfully playing. A dangling host. From the chimney nails. As warm as toast. But empty, pitiful. They promise a million wails. From just one city full. To wit. To loo, Here's a to-do, said the sleepless bird, the wise old owl, the watchful fowl. He flew and he whirred, soft cloudland exploring, led up like an arrow, by the wildest of snoring, till he stopped, then dropped, on the edge of a cloud. Oh, the snoring was loud, then stalked to that sleigh. Ah, what a fine dose! He flashed out one claw, and... Tweaked Santa Claus' nose. Santa woke with a jump. Sat up in his sleigh. Rubbed his nose. And I don't suppose. Understands to this day. And gazing around he took in the plight. He seized his reins in the funniest fright. And down he came in the snowy midnight. All rosy and bright. The great merry elf. Just like himself. Bluster and noise, nonsense and fun. With gifts for the children, everyone, While, soft and far, every bell, Chimed, Twelve o' the clock and all's well, And the slumbering world might have heard, The great white wide-winged storybook bird, A calling, Merry Christmas, Forth in glee, As he flew up to his cloudland tree, And the owl never told, I alone knew, So don't you tell, whatever you do, How near the world came to a disaster most shocking, Waking Christmas morning without a filled stocking. Holly tree. By Paul H. Hayne. High on the holly tree. Old ballad. Teehee he firelight danced and wavered. t In elvish, twinkling glee. On the leaves and crimson berries. Of the great green Christmas tree. And the children who gathered round it. Beheld, with marvelling eyes. Pendant from trunk and branches. How many a precious prize, From the shimmer of gold and silver, Through a purse's cunning net, To the coils of a rippling necklace, That quivered with beads of jet, But chiefly they gazed in wonder, Where flickered strangely through, The topmost leaves of the holly, The sheen of a silken shoe, And the eldest spake to her father, I have seen, yes, year by year, On the crown of our Christmas hollies, That small shoe glittering clear. But you never have told who owned it. Nor why, so loftily set. It shines though the fadeless verdure. You never have told us yet. T'was then that the museful father. In slow sad accents said. While the firelight hovered eerily. About his downcast head. My children. You had a sister. It was long, long, long ago. She came like an Eden rosebud. Mid the dreariest winter snow, And for four sweet seasons blossomed, To cheer our hearts and hearth, When the psalm of the Bethlehem angels, Lured her away from earth, A little before she left us, We had deftly raised to view, On the topmost branch of the holly, Yon glimmering tiny shoe, For again t'was the time of Christmas, As she lay with laboring breath, But, Our minds were blinded strangely, and we did not dream of death. We knew that no toy would please her, like a shoe so fair and neat, to fold with its soft caressing. Her delicate, sylph-like feet, truly a smile like a sunbeam, brightened her eyes of blue. And once, twice, thrice, she tested the charm of her fairy's shoe. Ah! Then the bright smile flickered, faded and drooped away, as faintly in tones that faltered. I heard our darling say, One my shoe, Papa, please hang it, once more on the holly bough, Just where I am sure to see it, when I wake. An hour from now, but alas, she never wakened. Close shut were the eyes of blue, whose last faint gleam had fondled. The curves of that dainty shoe. Ah, children, you understand me. Your eyes are brimmed with dew. As they watch on the Christmas holly. The sheen of a silken shoe. A tale of a comet. By J.T. Trowbridge. W.E. had seen the streaming meteor's light. W. With their trails of fire, the autumn. Night. And talked of falling skyrocks hurled. From some long since exploded world. Of comets frisking among the stars. With tails like fiery trains of cars. And asked. Should the reckless engineer. Of some rakish comet steer. Crashing into our atmosphere. How would the planet's shell resist him? Then we conversed of the solar system. And lunar men. And Dr. Ben. Brought out his globe at half past ten. And lectured giving conclusive reasons. FOR TIDES, ECLIPSES, CLIMBS, AND SEASONS, TILL, WEARY AT LAST, I WENT TO BED, WITH A JUMBLE OF WONDERFUL THINGS IN MY HEAD, MOONS AND COMETS AND METEORITES, GLOBES AND CIRCLES AND POLAR NIGHTS, AND THERE I LAY THINKING, AND drowsily WINKING, AT SOMETHING, A RAY THROUGH MY BED CURTAINS, BLINKING, TOO BRIGHT FOR A STAR, AND GROWING STILL BRIGHTER, MAKING THE moon A CHAMBER YET LIGHTER, which very much astonished the rider. I gazed from the casement and wondered with ever-increasing amazement what the look of alarm on the moon's frowning face meant, his nose peering out from a very close cap, his fingers in mittens, his chin in a wrap, like a tourist prepared for a very cold snap. On, on he sped through the regions of space with very short legs at a very long pace. His well-filled knapsack lashed to his back. Extra shoes and canteens strapped under his pack. His coattails flying away on his track. Entangled far off in the Pleiades. On the horns of the bull and Orion's knees. For there was the moon, and, strange to say, there too was the earth, just over the way. Like the doctor's globe, or a huge balloon. Forty times larger, perhaps, than the moon all covered with circles and looming in space. There were groups upon it, and every face was turned one way, and very long-jointed. Telescopes at the sky were pointed, and there, with a terrible rushing and humming and hissing of breath, was a comet a-coming, so long and so queer, and as it came nearer. It grew every moment longer and queerer, until I made out such a comical chap in a red flannel coat with a very long flap. On, on he came, with nose like a flame. So red I was sure the fellow'd been drinking. His canteen was empty, I knew by the clinking. And what can a sober comet be thinking? I cried, not to see there, plain as the day. The earth, like a target, hung right in his way. The groups were beginning to hurry about. And hustle and bustle and signal and shout, and the moon looked scared, while I shrieked out. Dear sir, I beg pardon, I don't know your name. I pray you'll consider, and if it's the same, to you, here's a planet. I don't think you knew it. But sir, it will be. A great favor to me. And a very large circle of friends, as you see. If you will drive round it instead of right through it. He put up his head with a stupefied stare, and says he, I declare, no, I wasn't aware, and I'm going at such a deuce of a rate. I'd stop if I could, but I fear it's too late. Bless my stars. Here I am. He had just time to stoop, when through it, head foremost, he went at a swoop, as a circus rider dives through a hoop, with a crash, and a smash, and a roar as of thunder. It quivered. And shivered, and flew asunder. The moon, looking down, shed tragical tears. While, winking hard and holding his ears, the comet came out on the other side, wheeled round, swore loud, and ruefully eyed the ruin, sneezed two or three times, then drew his long tail after him down the blue. Heavens and earth, what have I done? This does beat everything under the sun. I don't care the wink of a star, said he, for all the damage done to me. Feeling his nose and then with a flirt, carefully brushing away the dirt from his coat and its stained and draggled skirt. But look at this dear little, queer little planet. I've done the business for her, and i van it is quite too bad. The fairest of creatures. How well I remember her pleasant features. The smile on her face and the light in her eye. When I've touched my hat to her, hurrying by. Many a time, on my way through the sky. I'd mend the poor thing if I could, and I'll try. How he got it or where, I cannot declare. But thereupon he drew up a chair. Hung his long coat tail over the back. Sat down by the pieces and opened his pack. Brought forth from its depths a stout needle and thread. And there he sat squinting and scratching his head, As if rather doubtfully questioning whether T'was possible ever to patch her together. Meanwhile, but how can I hope to tell? Half that to my friends befell. On the shattered and scattered shell? How depict the huge surprise? Of some, at the very astonishing rise. Of their real estate, shot off in the skies? How describe the flying blocks? The fall of steeples and railroad stocks. The breaking of banks and the stopping of clocks. And all the various knocks and shocks. Frantic reporters rushing about. And correspondents setting out. In a big balloon intending from it. To interview our friend, the Comet. While the wide-awake daily press unfurled. Its rival bulletins. End of the world. Frightful collision. America hit. Full particulars, Canada hurled. Over New England, the Union split. An interruption of travel and trade. The comet coming to our aid. For now the comet, odd to see. Although it didn't seem odd to me. With thimble and glue pot, sewing and gluing. The shattered globe was cheerfully doing. All he could to restore the ruin. Patiently replacing all. The scattered fragments, great and small. Stitching here and sticking there. With a hopeful smile and a satisfied air. Putting the planet into repair. When all was done, with a dexterous twirl. Of his fingers he set it once more a-whirl. While the moon looked pleased as a smiling. Girl. Off he sped, and the planet spun. Away on its axis round the sun. When, watching with curious eyes, I found. He hadn't made it precisely round. The zones, moreover, were strangely mixed. Constantinople was squeezed betwixt. St. Petersburg and Baltimore. South Carolina and Labrador. To Massachusetts were snugly tied. New York and Paris were side by side. And oddest of all earthly fates. England was in the United States. Greenland, he couldn't have made a greater. Mistake was on the new equator, while in each crack of the crust some bit, of broken china was made to fit, whereupon I cried, with a wild halloo, hold on, come back, this never will do, just see what a botch you've made, before, he had time to turn, with a clang and a roar, and a glare of its one great cyclops' eye, the lightning express went whizzing by, with a rushing of steam, and a howl and a scream. That wake me from my curious dream. Which the doctor avers. And he makes it plain. Must all have passed through my busy brain. With the passing of the midnight train. O oh, happy night. By M. E. B. O oh, happy night. That brings the morn. To dawn above the Lord new born, And bids the angels sing again. Their message to the sons of men. We hail thee. We hail thee, O happy manger, That hath known, This precious burden as thine own, Beyond all gifts the world doth hold, Of pomp and power and gems and gold. We hail thee, we hail thee, equals, O happy star, whose radiance sweet, Did lead the wise men's eager feet, To seek the way, unknown untried, That led them to the manger's side. We hail thee, We hail thee, O happy day, that gave to men, the babe divine of Bethlehem, the king of kings, the undefiled, in semblance of a little child. We hail thee, we hail thee, O happy babe, whose wondrous eyes still hold the light of paradise. Look down in blessing from above, while prince of peace and lord of love. We hail thee, we hail thee, Willy We,' by Mrs. A. M. Diaz. Two lads were conversing as happy as kings. t, of the coming of Christmas and all that it brings, "'of the Christmas tree and its many delights, "'of the city's shop windows and other fine sights. "'When out spake we will, sometimes called, Willie. "'We, though often, sweet William, or little Willie,' For years and a half or three-quarters was he. Say, what kind of a tree is a chrysermis tree? And the while they discoursed, as his wonder grew. With questions like these he followed them through. Does it have big branches that spread all around? Do its roots stay deep down in the dark ground? Does it grow, 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 way up very high? If you climb to the top will your head bump the sky? Do any plums grow on it, or apples, or cherries? Or any good nuts, or pretty red berries? Does it bloom out all over with flowers white as snow? As that tree does down there in our garden below? Do robins and kingbirds build nests in that tree? And other birdies too? asked little Willie. Yes, answered Ned, wise schoolboy Ned. A Christmas tree, young curly head, has branches, sure, but has no roots, and on its branches grow no fruits. Yet bright red apples there you'll see, And oranges of high degree, Apples and oranges on one tree, That sounds very strange, Quoth little Willie, No flowers bloom there snowy white, Yet with these fruits, A curious sight, Are oft-seen flowers both red and white, Should you climb to the top without a fall, Your head might bump against the wall, But not against the sky you see, for indoors stands the Christmas tree. You tell very big stories. Quoth little Willie, No birdie there doth build its nest. No kingbird, bluebird, robin redbreast. Yet eggs thereon are often seen. Of beautiful colors, pink and green, and purple and lavender, fit for a queen. Even eggs with pictures on them are found. And with golden bands which circle around. But from all these eggs so fair to see are hatched no birds in that Christmas tree. Instead, are hatched candy and gumdrops, said he. Are you telling the truth? asked Little Willie. I've not told half, I do declare. Of all those wondrous branches bear. Bear? They bear dolls and whips and drums. Tops, whistles, taffy, sugar plums. And candy sheep, and candy cats. And candy birds, and candy rats and India rubber girls and boys, bear trumpets and all kinds of toys, bear books and jumping jacks and mittens, and little cotton flannel kittens, and over the whole of this Christmas tree, candles are burning right merrily. What think you of this, my sweet willy-wee? I think you are fooling, said little willy. Next morning, young willy, with serious air, put earth in a flower pot and buried up there. A seed of an apple with very great care. Pray, what are you doing, you rogue willy-wee? I am planting a seed for a chrysermis tree. Is not that good to do? Asked little willy. There came from that seed a green little shoot, Which put out its leaves and firmly took root, And so finally did thrive that at last it was found, Too large for the house and was set in the ground. Where it grew up, a tree one scarcely knew how. Look down by the wall, it is standing there now. It blossoms in springtime, and many a nest. Has been built there by kingbird and robin redbreast. And other birdies too oft come to the tree. And sing there and swing there, oh, so merrily. They make it all summer our joy and delight. And in fall of the year tis a beautiful sight. When the clustering wealth of its apples is seen. Its ruby red apples all set in their green. And Willie. Yes, he grew up, too, young Willie. We, and went as a sailor boy over the sea. He sailed in a ship to some far distant shore. A storm came, and, and we saw him no more. It was long, long ago that deep sorrow we bore. The lads who were talking, as happy as kings, Of the coming of Christmas and all that it brings. Our fathers now, so stately and tall, Their children play by the garden wall. And swing on the boughs of the apple tree, Or climb to the top, the world to see. Some have gone from the home the world to see, And when autumn comes, and leaves turn brown, And the ripened fruits are shaken down, And here and there on the orchard ground, The red and the golden are heaped around. Tis the children who gather that tree by the wall, And the apples from off its boughs that fall, With kindly care are stored away. Sure to appear on Christmas Day. In platter or basket for all to admire. Or hung on strings before the fire. There to swing and sputter and roast. While many in one of the merry host. Gives a tender thought to that 1st Williewee, willy-wee. Who went as a sailor boy over the sea. The youngest of all. A new Williewee. wee A curly-haired rogue. And our darling is he. Now claims for his own Uncle Will's Christmas tree. Because. Says the child, He was named for me on Christ's day night by Nora Perry. F. from room to room, from stair to stair. F. all silken clad, while standing there, shut from the summer warmth and cheer, the silken perfumed atmosphere of wealth and ease, a little maid, with beating heart yet unafraid, enchanted, watched the fairy scene between the curtain's parted screen. The fierce north wind came sweeping pa tea and shook her with its wintry blast. The frosty pavement of the street chilled to the bone her ill-clad feet, yet moment after moment fled, and there she stood with lifted head, her eager eyes as in a trance, fixed on the changes of the dance, dulcet sounds as TATELY mansion s bright and gay with festal light made. Darkness day, far up And down the dusky, street That Christmas night While hurry, ing feet Sped swiftly by Nor scarceta, laid For all the dulcet Sounds that, strayed In merry measures from within Where harp and flute and Violin, in soft Accordance, wild and sweet Made music for the dancers' Feet, all silken Clad those feet that kept that time and tune were lightly stepped, her eager is still drinking in the strains of flute and violin, and still, as sped the moments past, colder and colder swept the blast, but little heed had she or care, her glance upon one vision fair, one vision one beyond the rest, a girl with roses on her breast, and with a look upon her face, the sweet girl face of heaven's own grace. As through the dance she smiling led. Her youthful guests with airy tread. Ah, would she smile on me like this? And would she give me kiss for kiss? If I could stand there at her side? The wistful watcher softly cried. Even as she spoke she closer crept. Upon the broad low terrace stepped. And nearer leaned Dot, just then, just there. A street light sent a sudden glare. Across her face Dot, one startled glance. And from the changes of the dance, with beating heart and eyes dilate, the girlish mistress of the fate sprang swiftly forth. Dot, a moment more, and through the window's open door, another guest was ushered in. Her lip was pale, her cheek was thin. No costly robe of silk and lace apparelled her, and zero eleven her face, and in her dark, bewildered eyes, a shock of fear and shamed surprise. Did wildly, desperately gleam. While here and there, as in a dream. She vaguely heard, yet did not hear. The sound of voices far and near. She tried to speak, some word she said. Of all her troubled doubt and dread. Some childish word. What would they? Do? Then all at once a voice rang through. Her troubled doubt, her troubled fear. What will they do, why this, and this? and on her cold lips dropped a kiss, and found her frozen figure crept. A tender clasp dot, she laughed and wept, and laughed again for this and this. This tender clasp, this tender kiss. Ra's more than all her dream come true. Was earth with heaven's light shining through? Was Christ's own promise kept aright? His word fulfilled on Christ's day night. Gracie's Fancies by Brenda Albert a whirr of wings and a rush of feet, eh? And quick through the driving snow and grace at the window with wondering eyes. Watches their coming in shy surprise, a flock of snowbirds, tiny and brown. On the gnarled old plum tree settled down, a moment she watches the chirping band, her sweet face resting upon her hand. Oh, mama, look, it is snowing brown. She cries as the birdlings flutter down, then cries, and a laugh slips out with the words. Why, mama, the snowflakes have turned to birds, waiting a winter's tale. By Mrs. Sally M. B. Pyatt. S. O'm sweet things go just to make room for. S. Others. The blue field blossom hurries from the dew. My little maiden, hush your noisy brothers. And see, the wild rose reddens where it grew. The green leaf fades that you may see the yellow. We have the honey when we miss the bee. Who wants the apples scarlet-stained and mellow? Must give the buds upon his orchard tree. Then, for those finely painted birds that follow. The sun about and sent their songs with flowers. We have, when frosts are sharp and rains beat hollow. These pretty, gray-crumb-gathering pets of ours. The butterflies you could not catch were brighter. Than anything that we have left in air. But these still-flying shapes of snow are whiter. I fancy, than the very lilies were. Then is the glimmer of fireflies cold and eerie. Far in the dusk, so pleasant after all. As is this homeland playing warm and cheery. Among your shadow pictures on the wall? But I forget. There ought to be a story. A lovely story. Who shall tell it then? The boys want war, plumes, helmets, shields, and glory. They'd like a grand review of Homer's men. Their jealous sisters say it's tiresome hearing. A girl is not as patient as a boy. Of that old beauty, yes, the much-recurring. About three thousand years old, Helen of Troy. They'd rather hear some love tale murmured faintly. Through music of the sleigh bells, something. True. Such as their young grandmothers, shy and saintly. Heard under stars of winter, told anew. The little children, one and all, are crying. For just a few more fairies, but you know. They go to sleep when goldenrod is dying. And do not wake till there is no more snow. They sleep who kept your jersey cow from straying. My boy, while you were deep in book sand. Grass, who tended flowers, my girl, while you were playing. Some double game, or wearing out your glass. They sleep, but what sweet things they have been. Making, by golden moons, to give you a surprise. Beats slower, little hearts with wonder aching. Keep in the dark yet, all you eager eyes. The fairies sleep, but their high lord and master. Keeps wide awake, and watches every hearth. Great waters freeze that he may travel faster. He puts a girdle round about the earth. Just now in the dim north, as he remembers. His birthday back through centuries, he appears. A trifle sad, and looks into the embers. Then shakes down from his cheek a shower of tears. He thinks of little hands that reached out lightly. To catch his beard and pull it with a will. Now round their buried rosebuds folded whitely. Forever and forever. Oh, how still. Ah, where are all the children? How I miss. Them. So many worlds full are gone since I came. I long to take them to my heart and kiss them. And hear those still small voices laugh my name. Some over whom no violet yet is growing. Some under broken marble, ages old. Some lie full fathom five where seas are flowing. Some, among cliffs and chasms, died a cold. Some through the long wars of the roses faded. Some did walk barefoot to the holy land. Some show young faces with the bride's veil. Shaded. Some touch me with the nun's all-gracious hand. Some in the purple with crown jewels burning. Some in the peasant's hot and gray go by. Some in forlornest prisons darkly yearning. For earth and grass, the doves wing in the sky. One sails to wake a world that has been lying. Hidden its leaves far in the lonesome west. In an enchanted sleep, with strange winds sighing. Among the strange flowers in her dreaming breast. And one, I held him first, the immortal stranger. I smell, tonight the frankincense and myrrh. I see the star-led wise men and the manger. And his own mother, I remember her. But where's my cloak? Is this a time for sorrow? And where's the story, do you ask of me? Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And shall you have it then? Why, we shall see. Christmas by Mrs. L. C. Witten And Mama, what is Christmas? How can I? Hmm. Say? I will try to answer you. True as true. It is just the loveliest, lovely day That is steeped in rose color all the way through When miniature toy shops and stockings are found That are left in the chambers without a sound And Papa gives gifts with a tender cheer And brother, hurrahs for the top of the year. And sister looks on with her wistful eyes, With a soft, sweet smile at every surprise. And Christmas means this, A little child's bliss. And the love of the dear Christ felt like a kiss, And a piled-up glory is hard to express. And what is Christmas? Is wonder for all. It is when the earth puts on holiday dress, Made spotless fair with snowflakes that fall. When hearts are lavish with treasures of love. And the pale, pure stars shine brighter above. And the dancing firelight seems to play. In the most mysterious, haunting way. And the house fairies wander from sweet to sweet. With an unexplored kingdom laid at their feet. And Christmas means this. A little child's bliss. And the love of the dear Christ felt like a kiss. And still. What is Christmas? Darling, come here. It is meant for the birthday. True as true. Of a beautiful child that was born in Judea. That his mother loved as I love you. That grew up to teach you how you should seek. To be in your spirit. Lowly and meek. And onward higher and higher to go. Till you changed to an angel whiter than snow. And offered freely that all might take. The gift of himself for the whole world's sake. And Christmas means this, a little child's bliss, and the love of the dear Christ felt like a kiss, midsummer songs, and flow, since all the little birds are singing, in bush and brake, and all the honey flower bells dimly ringing, and grasses shake, and grasses shake before the reapers coming, while through and through, this sweetness locusts shrill and bees are humming. I'll sing to you a little song. With bird notes all a twitter. With honey flowing. From tilted flower cups with dew a glitter. With fireflies glowing. And over it roses and knots and myrtle. As thickly lay. And violets as on a maiden's kirtle. A holiday. Sweetened all through with flowers. With which tis filled. So full you see. It needs and also honey round it spilled. A sweet song be. M. E. W. St. Emily. By E. F. Fry. W. Hen grass grows green in springtime. W. And trees are budding gay. When the breath of bursting lilacs makes sweet the air of May. When cowslips fringe the brooksides and violets gem the dells and tremble mid the grasses. The wind flowers slender bells when the fragrant lily rises from its sheltering sheath of green. In the city's narrow alleys, St. Emily is seen, a modest little maiden. She walks secure from harm. A basket, flower laden, swings lightly on her arm, and right and left she scatters, alike to bad and good, the beauties of the garden, the treasures of the wood, when summer days drag slowly, in languor, heat, and pain, to those who lie in hospital. Never to rise again, Dreaming, with fevered longing, Of shady country homes, Where roses hang in clusters, And honeysuckle blooms, From cot to cot so softly, Moves dear Saint Emily, And here a rose she proffers, And there a bud lays she, The close abode of sickness, She fills with fragrant bloom, Her gentle presence passes, Like music through the room, And many a moaning sufferer Hushes his sad complaint And follows with his weary eyes The movements of this saint When autumn paints the woodlands With scarlet and with gold When the blue gentian's lids unclose In frosty meadows cold From the little troop of children That some orphan home The joyous shout arises Saint Emily has come! And round her close they gather An eager little band, While from the well-stored basket, She fills each outstretched hand, With purple hillside asters, And wondrous goldenrod, And all the lingering flowers that love, To dress the autumn sod, And pallid cheeks flush rosy, And heavy eyes grow bright, And little hearts forlorn and lone, Stir with a deep delight, And when the woods are naked, And flowers no longer blow, When the green nooks they love so well Are buried in the snow. Not quite unknown that presence To children sick in bed Bearing bright wreaths of autumn leaves And strings of berries red A heaven-sent mission, surely To cheer the sick and poor With bounties that the bounteous God Has strewn beside our door To gladden little children To comfort dying hours To bear to wretched hearts and homes the Gospel of the Flowers. What marvel if glad blessings surround St. Emily. What marvel if some loving eyes in her an angel see. And, too, what marvel if the thought is born to me and thee that many a kindly boy and girl, as sweet a saint, might be blue and gold by Mrs. Clara Doty Bates. Tea he warmed, June day was full. Tea of color as it could hold. Now, which is the sweetest blue, and which is the brightest gold, in all that your little eyes can see, in cloudland, earth, or the water world, I said to the children, three, we were on the fresh new grass, and the pretty hammock hum, like a web between the trees, and in it the baby swum. Twas as if a spider, busy and sly, had spun its meshes there, white and light, and caught a butterfly. A moment's silence fell, On all till Teddy guessed. He had eyes for every bird, And eyes, too, for its nest. And he cried, the eager little soul, The bluest blue is the bluebird, And gold is the oriole. Then Flora, who loved flowers, But had not spoken yet, Whispered that gold was a crocus, And blue a violet, And Edith, the more emphatic one, Said, No, the bluest blue is the sky, and the goldenest gold the sun. I pointed to the web. That swung so white and light, in which the baby cooed, as a nestling pigeon might. I can answer best of all, I said, for there is in water world earth or skies. No blue so sweet as that baby's eyes, no gold so bright as his head. The land of used to be, by James Whitcomb Riley. A endy where's the land of use to be, does little baby wonder? Eh? Oh, we will clap a magic saddle over papa's knee, And ride away around the world, and in and out and under, The whole of all the golden sunny summertime, and see, Leisurely and lazy like we'll jostle on our journey, And let the pony bathe his hooves and cool them in the dew, As he sidles down the shady way, and lags along the ferny, And the green grassy edges of the lane we travel through. And then we'll canter on to catch the bubble of the thistle. As it bumps among the butterflies, and glimmers down the sun. To leave us laughing, all content to hear the robin whistle. Or guess what Katie did is saying little Katie's done. And pausing here a minute, where we hear the squirrel chuckle. As he darts from out the underbrush and scampers up the tree. We will gather buds and locust blossoms, leaves and honeysuckle. To wreathe around our foreheads, riding into used to be. For here's the very rim of it that we go swinging over. Don't you hear the fairy bugles, and the tinkle of the bells? And see the baby bumblebees that tumble in the clover, and dangle from the tilted pinks and tipsy pimpernels? And don't you see the merry faces of the daffodil eyes, and the jolly Johnny Jump UPS, and the buttercups' glee, and the low, lolling ripples ring around the water lilies? all greeting us with laughter to the land of used to be, and here among the blossoms of the blooming vines and grasses, with a haze forever hanging in a sky forever blue, and with a breeze from overseas to kiss us as it passes, we will romp around forever as the little fairies do. For all the elves of earth and air are swarming here together, the prankish puck, King Oberon, and Queen Titania too, and dear old Mother Goose herself, as sunny as the weather. Comes dancing down the dewy walks to welcome me and you. A baby show. By H. H. A droll conversation I once overheard. A. Two children, a cat, a cow, and a bird. The names of the children were Eddie and Jane. The names of the others I did not hear plain. How came I to hear them? I think I won't. Tell. You may guess if you please, and if you guess. Well. You'll guess that I heard it as many a man hears. With his fancy alone, and not with his ears. Such a wonderful plaything never was known. Like a real live dolly, and all for their own. Two happier children could nowhere be found. No, not if you traveled the whole world around. They had drawn her this morning where daisies grew. White daisies, all shining and dripping with dew. Long wreaths of the daisies, and chains, they had. Made in the baby's lap these wreaths they had laid. The children were drawing, with caution and care, their sweet baby sister, to give her the air. In a dainty straw wagon with wheels of bright red, and a top of white muslin which shaded her head. She was only one year and a few months old. Her eyes were bright blue and her hair was like gold. She laughed all the time from morning till night till Eddie and Jane were quite wild with delight, equals, and were laughing to watch her fat little hands, untwisting and twisting the stems and the strands. Just then, of a sudden, a lark flew by, and sang at the top of his voice in the sky. Ho! Ho! Mr. Lark! shouted Jane. Come down here! We're not cruel children. You may come without fear. We've something to show you, in all your life. Maybe. You'll never see anything sweet as our baby. T'was an odd thing now for a lark to do. I hope you won't think my story's untrue. But this is the thing that I saw and I heard. That lark flew right down, like a sociable bird. As soon as they called him, and perched on a tree. And winked with his eye at the children and me. And laughed out, as much as a bird ever can. As he cried, Ha! Ha! LITTLE WOMAN AND MAN, YOU'LL BE QUITE SURPRISED AND ASTONISHED, MAYBE, TO HEAR THAT I DO NOT THINK MUCH OF YOUR BABY. WHY, OUT IN THE FIELD HERE I'VE GOT IN MY NEST, ALL CUDDLED UP SNUG NEATH MY WIFE'S WARM BREAST, FOR LITTLE BABIES, TWO SISTERS, TWO BROTHERS, AND ALL WITH BRIGHT EYES, AS BRIGHT AS THEIR MOTH, ERS, YOUR BABY'S AT LEAST TEN TIMES OLDER THAN THEY, BUT THEY ARE ALL READY TO FLY TODAY. They'll take care of themselves in another week. Before your poor baby can walk or can speak, it has often surprised me to see what poor things. All babies are that are born without wings. And but one at a time, dear me, my wife, would be quite ashamed of so idle a life. And the lark looked as scornful as a lark knows How? As he swung up and down on a slender bough. A cat had been eyeing him there for a while. And sprang at him now from top of a stile. But she missed her aim. He was quite too high. And oh, how he laughed as he soared in the sky. Then the cat scrambled up, disappointed and cross. She looked all about her, and felt at a loss. What next she should do. So she took up the thread of the lark's discourse, and ill-naturedly said, Yes, indeed, little master and miss, I declare. It's enough to make any mother cat stare. To see what a time you do make, to be sure. Over one small creature, so helpless and poor. As your babies are. Why, I've six of my own. When they were two weeks old they could run alone. They're never afraid of dogs or of rats. In a few weeks more they'll be full-grown cats. Their fur is as fine and as soft as silk. Two gray and three black and one white as new. Milk. A fair fight for a mouse in my family is as pretty a sight as you'll ever see. It is all very well to brag of your baby. One of these years it will be something, maybe. And without even looking at the baby's face, the cat walked away at a sleepy pace. Moo, moo, said a cow coming up. Moo, moo, young people, you're making a great to-do about your baby and the lark and the cat. They're nothing but braggers, I wouldn't give. That. And the cow snapped her tail as you'd snap your thumb. For all the babies, and kittens, and birds that come. In the course of a year, it does make me laugh. To look at them all, by the side of a calf. Why, my little brindle as soon as t'was born. Stood up on its legs, and sniffed at the corn. Before it had been in the world an hour. It began to gamble. And canter and scour, all over the fields, see its great shining eyes, and its comely red hair that so glossy lies, and thick, he has never felt cold in his life, but the wind cuts your baby's skin like a knife. purrs shivering things, I have pitted them oft, all muffled and smothered in flannel soft. Ha, ha! I am sure the stupidest Gabby. Can see that a calf's ahead of a baby. And the cow called her calf. And tossed up her. Head. Like a person quite sure of all she has said. Then Jane looked at Eddie. And Eddie at Jane. Said Eddie. How mean. I declare they're too. Vain. To live. Preposterous things. They don't know. What they're talking about. I'd like them to show. A bird. Or a kitten. Or a learned calf. That can kiss like our baby, or smile, or laugh. Yes, indeed, so should I, said Jane in a rage. The poor little thing. She's advanced for her age. For the minister said so the other day. She's worth a hundred kittens or calves to play. And as for young birds, they're pitiful things. I saw a whole nest once, all mouths and bare wings. And they looked J.I.S. As if they'd been picked by the cook to broil for breakfast. I'm sure that they shook, with cold if their mother got off for a minute. I'm glad we have flannel, and wrap babies in it. So the children went grumbling one to the other, and when they reached home they told their mother, the dear baby asleep in its crib she laid, and laughed as she kissed the children and said, Do you think I believe that the sun can shine, on a boy or a girl half so sweet as mine? The lark, and the cat, and the cow were all right. Each baby seems best in its own mother's sight. A Young Inquirer By Charlotte Mellon Packard H. How does life look behind the hill? H. All the sun's I have ever seen Peep from over a mountain screen Stretched a finger of rosy light Through some crevice to paint Good night Up the darkness the great round moon Floated by like a red balloon Hung and glittered a while until It went to the people behind the hill. The earth spins round, the mountain is still. Men women they come and they go. Children play in the valley below. Winds are roaring or winds are whist. Sun may pass, there is rain and mist. The world we know is a bright world still. But ah, for the other behind the hill. Voices are calling me day by day. I listen and wonder whatever they say. The valleys are pleasant and days are long, with play and study, with work and song. But a boy keeps planning for other things. There's room in his restless body for wings, and fancy will never fold them until he sees for himself what is over the hill. But most I dream of the unknown sea, where brave ships hasten like birds set free, where plunging breakers ride high and loud, till the sailor is lost between wave and cloud. Oh, THE SUNNY LANDS AND THE FROZEN ZONE, THE FORESTS WHERE NEVER A MAN IS KNOWN, THERE ARE WONDERS AND WONDERS WAITING STILL, FOR A BOY WHO HAS NEVER LOOKED OVER THE HILL, IN MIDSUMMER, BY MRS. L. C. WITTEN, I INTO SILENCE OF THE MORNING'S SPLENDOR, I, THERE IS SHAKEN A GOLDEN ROBIN'S DREAM, KISSED BY SUNSHINE TO DIVINE SURRENDER, BLOOM THE SNOWY LILIES IN THE STREAM, Soft south winds the hidden wild flowers woo, And between the tangled leaves in view. Hush! I see the summer. Summer, summer floating through, Climbs the sun with ecstasy of shining, From the blush of rising into gold, And the river's heart with close defining, Tells the same sweet story it is told. Hills are veiled in tender mists anew, From the liquid skies unshadowed blue. Hush! I see the summer. Summer, summer flooding through. A midsummer song. By Mary E. Wilkins. I want to sing a little song to please you. I, How midsummer comes following after June? And shall I pitch it by the lark or robin? For songs in midsummer should be in tune. And shall I give it sweetness like the roses? For midsummer has roses, as you know. As well as June. And sprinkled o'er with spices. From beds of pinks and poppies in a row. Perhaps like them. Or maybe t'would be sweeter. My little song. And prettier sound to you. If I should make it make you think of lilies. For midsummer has always lilies too. Around the meadow sweet the bees they cluster. So thick the children pick it not for fear. Like meadow sweet and bees if I could make it. A pretty little song t'would be to hear. Down in the field a crowd of flowers are standing. The locust's pipe, the flowers keep sweet and still. With honey balls of clover and the others. If only I my little song could fill. I want to sing a little song to please you. Of midsummer that's following after June. But oh, of all her sweet, gay things I cannot. With one put yet my little song in tune. I think you'll have to find a child or robin. Some ignorant and merry-hearted thing. For, I suppose, a song of the midsummer. It takes a heart more like a bird's to sing. In the Black Forest. By Celia Thaxter. You pee through the great black forest. You. So wild and wonderful. We climbed in the autumn afternoon. Mid the shadows deep and cool. We climbed to the Grand Duke's castle. That stood on the airy height. Above the leagues of pine trees dark It shone in the yellow light Around the edge of her wee white cap We saw how the peasant women Were toiling along the way In the open spaces here and there That steeped in the sunshine lay They gathered the autumn harvest All toil-worn and weather-browned They gathered the roots they had planted in spring And piled them up on the ground We heard the laughter of children And merrily down the road Ran little Max with a rattling cart Heaped with a heavy load Upon orange carrots and beets so red And turnips smooth and white With leaves of green all packed between Sat the little rosal bright The wind blew out her curls A sweeter face I have never seen Than this happy little girl's A spray of the carrot's foliage fine Soft as a feather of green Drooped over her head from behind her ear, as proud as the plume of a queen. Light was his burden to Mary Max, with Rosal perched above, and he gazed at her on that humble throne with the eyes of pride and love. With joyful laughter they passed us by, and up through the forest of pine, so solemn and still we made our way to the castle of Eberstein. Oh, lofty the Grand Duke's castle! That looked o'er the forest gloom. But better I love to remember the children's rosy bloom. Oh, vast and dim and beautiful were the dark woods' shadowy aisles, and all their silent depths seemed lit with the children's golden smiles. And sweet is the picture I brought away from the wild black forest shade of proud and happy and merry Max and Rosal, the little maid. Edith's lesson. By Mrs. Margaret E. Sangster, O. U.T. in the meadow the scented breeze, Oh, was full of the gossip of birds and bees. Out in the orchard the glad things flew, and o'er meadow and orchard the sky was blue. The sky was blue, and the clouds were white, and the summer morning was blithe and bright. It is quite too lovely indoors to stay, said Edith, whether I work or play. So slate and pencil and fairy book Were carried forth to a cozy nook Where the shadows glanced And the sunbeams shone And the dear little girl could be alone There were hard examples that must be done For father to see ere the set of sun And there was the merriest tale to read Of a lady fair on a milk-white steed Of a lady fair and a stately lover And the charm that lay in a four-leaf clover Study the lesson, the robin said, as he poised on the branch above her head, with a whir of wings like the beat of drums. Edith, the bee hummed, mind the sums, but shadow and shine in their airy play, coaxed for the story that matched the day. Any time will do for the tiresome task, said Edith at last, and I think I'll ask. Papa to excuse my arithmetic, in such warm weather I might be sick. If I tax this poor little brain of mine. So she listened, you see, to shadow and shine. And then full length on the velvet grass. She dreamed of delights that would come to pass. When she, too large for the rigid rule. Of the happy home, or the stricter school. Should be a woman, and quite at ease. Each hour to do what she might please. On silvery paper, with golden pen. She mused. I'd write love stories then. And wherever I went, would people say, The gifted Edith is here today. And maybe, for stranger things have been, I might editor be of a magazine. No higher flight could her fancy take. Were the darling child asleep or awake. And presently there in that paradise, The lids fell over the heavy eyes. And the noon bell summons, loud and clear, Was heeded not by her slumbering ear. How long was her nap, I do not know. But she sauntered home when the sun was low. Dinner was over, and father frowned, And chided her gently for, idling round. While gravely he bade her be sure and see, That she solved her examples after tea. Doris Spinning An Old Time Ballad By Margaret J. Preston as He Sat in the Upper Chamber S. T'was a summer of long ago. And looked through the gable window at the river that ran below, and over the quiet pastures, and up at the wide blue sky, and envied the jay his freedom as he lazily flitted by, yet patiently at her spinning, in a halo of happy light, as he wrought, though a shimmer rippled, the heads of the wheat in sight, though the garden was spilling over its cups on the fragrant air, and the hollyhocks at the doorway. Had never looked half so fair. She saw, as her will kept whirling. The leisure of nature too. The beautiful holiday weather. Left nothing for her to do. The cattle were idly grazing. And even the frisky sheep. Away in the distant meadows. Lay under the shade asleep. So sitting, she heard sweet laughter. And a bevy of maidens fair. With babble of merry voices. Came climbing the chamber stair. Oh, Dorns! How can you bear it? To drone at your spinning here? Why, girl, it's the heart of summer. The goldenest time of year. Put out of your hand the distaff. This wearisome world relax. There are things that are gayer, Doris, Than sitting and spinning flax. Come with us away to the forest. When it rains is the time to ply. Such tiresome tasks? And today is the fifteenth day of July. With a face that was softly saddened. Sweet Doris looked up and said, as she revelled a bit of tangle, and twisted again her thread. Nay, nay, I must do my spinning. It wouldn't be kind or right. That the loom should be kept awaiting. My hanks must be done tonight. So the frolicsome maidens left her. With something of mild surprise. That Doris should choose a duty With pleasure before her eyes Not dreaming that when her mother Her dozens Should count upstairs And kiss her and say My darling Her day would be glad as theirs So she minded her wheel And blithely She sang as she twirled it round And cunningly from her fingers The delicate fiber wound And on through the sunny hours That neither were sad nor long she toiled in her sweet obedience, And lightened her toil with song. I, surely, the day is lovely, It tugs at my very heart, To look at its drifting beauty, Nor share in its joy my part are. I may not go forth to meet it, But the summer is kind, you see, And I think, as I sit at my spinning, I think it will come to me. She sings, Come hither, happy birds, With warbling will me. Till songs that have no words Melt through and through me. Come, bees that drop and rise Within the clover Where yellow butterflies Go glancing over Oh, roses red and white And lilies shining Like gilded goblets bright With silver lining Each to my window send Gifts worth the winning To cheer me as I bend Above my spinning Oh, ripples on the sand That break in beauty. Oh, pines that stiffly stand. Like guards on duty. Green meadows where this morn. The scythes were mowing. Soft slopes where o'er the corn. The wind is blowing. White clouds above the hill. That sail together. Rich summer scents that fill. This summer weather. I'll bring the sweets you've found. Since morn's beginning. And come and crowd them round. MY DAY OF SPINNING, THE BROOK BEHIND THE Wombeck HOUSE, JEFFERSON AND WHITE MOUNTAINS, BY Mrs. MARTHA PERRY LOW, Are RUN ALONG BY PASTURES, HAPPY, HAPPY BROOK, R, RUN ALONG THE PEBBLES, WITH A CURVETTE AND A, CROOK, SING IT ALL THE MORNING, AND SING IT AFTERNOON, SING IT ALL THE STARRY NIGHT, THAT PLEASANT LITTLE, TUNE, ARE YOU GROWING MODEST, DO YOU THINK THAT I SHALL, Tyre? Do you fear that I shall go and look for something? Higher, Well, I know the noisy world has music grand enough. But I do not care for all its preludes, wild and rough. Well, I know other music, solemn and sublime. Voices of the ocean sounding all the depths of time. That is not the music I am looking for today. It is you I want to hear, so frolicsome and gay. Do not ever try to practice any modern art. Do not even stop to think or care about your part. Sing just as you always do, when there are none to. Hear. That will surely be the sweetest way to please my ear. Ah, my little brook. How foolish was my thought. All the praises of the worldling can disturb you not. Nothing can mislead you or set you ill at ease. Make you think about yourself, or of the way. To please. Not a little fish could have made such a speech. Not a shining fly that schemes along your beach. Not a little bird would have said such a thing. Pardon me my foolishness, and sing again, sing. Bobby Lee. O-N-E-2-3. Oh, one 2 01 was Bobby Lee, sitting by the brook, with his fishing hook, with his spelling book, thrust far aside, whilst loud he cried, for once, no school. For once, no rule. Bell, ring away. This whole, whole day. I'll stop and play. One, two, three. One was Mrs. B. Stopping just to stare at the vision there. Bobby by the brook. With his fishing hook. At the spelling book. Thrust far aside. Three. By Rosa Graham. Whilst loud she cried. The live-long day. A boy to play. I'd like to see. One little bee. Like Bobby Lee. One, two, three. One was Lady Rose. In her pretty clothes. Staring down to see. Little Bobby Lee. With his fishing hook. With his spelling book. Thrust far aside. Whilst loud she cried. The live-long day. A boy to play. I'd like to know If I did so How I would grow Summer's going By Mrs. L. C. Witten L. Eaves are shrinking on the trees L. Where the nests are hidden There's a hush among the bees As to roam forbidden There's the silk of corn that shows Faded tangles blowing So that everybody knows Darling, summer's going there are insects' wings that gleam, locusts shrilly calling. There are silences that seem, into sadness falling. There is not another rose, but the sweet briar blowing, so that everybody knows. Darling, summer's going. There's the mist that haunts the night. Into morning sailing, leaving filmy webs of light. On the grasses trailing. There's the fierce red sun that glows through the vapor showing, so that everybody knows. Darling, summer's going. Breathe but softest little sigh. Child, for vanished roses. For each season, going by, something sweet discloses. And if in your heart has grown, truth to fairer blowing, summer then will be your own. Spite of summer's going.